0: grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. When I was 12 years old I had my heart set on a new bike that I had seen in the window of the of the bicycle shop. It was um, a really cool bike. It was a Schwinn Stingray, a banana seat and high rise handlebars, white wall tires. I dreamed about that bike, popping wheelies, zipping around and my paper out. I spent hours thinking about it and and months saving up my money so that I could pay cash for it. There's only one problem. I needed my dad's permission to spend that kind of money. And I don't want to give the impression that that dad was cheap. Uh, Maybe we should just say he hated to spend money. And it didn't matter that much if it was uh, my money or his. Well, that slowed me up a little. I really wanted that bike. So one night, I can remember this so clearly, I I paced around in my room for maybe a half an hour or so, trying to get up the nerve, also trying to come up with various practical reasons why I really needed a new bike. There weren't any, of course, but that was beside the point. Finally, I went in and asked. As I think back on that episode now... Especially in connection with today's scripture uh, readings. Two things stand out for me about, about that desire to have that bike. The, the first one is that it certainly affected how I thought all the daydreaming. It also affected how I acted. And I started saving money for the first time probably ever. And, and uh, I went and asked my dad for permission to do something. I was pretty sure he was going to say no to. I'd like you to keep uh, both of those in mind. They're also in your, your sermon outline if that's helpful for you as, as we uh, read our, our text for today. It's from the Epistle lesson. We're going to read it out of the New International Version, not the ESV, that, that, we, uh, that Pastor Kaiser read uh, from the lectern. Uh, the NIV in this instance isn't actually as literal as the ESV, but I think in some ways it's a little more helpful. So it's on the screen. I'd like to ask you to read it with me if you would. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things. <laughs> Is that where Paul stopped? No, it's kind of where we stop sometimes though, I think, and that's going to be the the point of our our message today. So let's finish it. Let's, Let's read it the way Paul wrote it. The last word will magically appear for you. Let's just start reading it again together. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. There it is. That's the word we want. That's the important word for us. And and the important question for us is, so which is it for us? Do we set our hearts on things above or just on things? I'm going to guess that for you, it's some of both. Sometimes more one way, sometimes more the other. But I'm also going to guess that you would love to follow St. Paul's encouragement to, to set your heart on things above. And if that's the case for you today, you are in luck. Because that's what we're going to be talking about with the sermon. We'll start by reminding ourselves of, of what happens when we set our hearts on things rather than on things above, when, when we're not really setting our heart on God. Because that affects how we think. Now, I don't want to, to, uh, to misapply this or for you to misunderstand. Uh, God isn't saying that, that things are bad or, or that they're harmful for us. But I think we do know, don't we, that sometimes things can disappoint. And we certainly know that, that even at their best, they are only temporary. Remembering that helps us to understand uh, what we heard from the Old Testament reading and and from the Gospel lesson today. The Old Testament reading, whoa, everything's meaningless. It's all vanity and then... I think we can make that a lot more difficult than it has to be. It really can be summarized um, with this and a little bit more. But but these words from the Old Testament lesson, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. Except, isn't that pretty much exactly what the man who's called the the rich fool in our gospel lesson, that parable that, that Jesus told there, isn't that pretty much what got him into trouble. Remember what he said? Jesus put these words in his mouth. It's just a parable. But the rich man said to himself, well, self, you have ample goods, saved up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? Actually, there is a huge difference when you when you read uh, these verses in their context. In the Old Testament lesson, the, uh, the the writer of Ecclesiastes is lamenting the emptiness of of life and of things, and questioning the the purpose of it all. Because in the end, we die. And yet, he comes to a very wise conclusion. That as long as God is in our life and is at the center of our life, then we can do such things as, as eating and, and drinking and finding enjoyment in our toil. Recognizing that, that these things, are, the work we have and the, the fruits of our labor, these things are in fact gifts from God to be enjoyed Because they are from God. They are an important part of life. Which is not at all the attitude that the the rich fool in Jesus' parable had. He did not think of things as a a part of life, he thought of them as the very purpose of life. And and his goal was to accumulate as many things in the course of his lifetime as, as he possibly could. You notice he didn't share any of those things. Kept them all for himself. He didn't show gratitude to God for the things that he had received. But rather took credit all for himself. And and really trusted only in himself. And, and what he had and what he had saved. To take care of him. To one degree or another, at one time or another, that might also describe each of us and if that concerns you right now that's probably okay because it's good for our consciences to be troubled to be pricked by God's word when it when it applies to us but it's especially good that you're here today then because because I have such good news of God's forgiveness for all our sins including sins of of selfishness or pride or, or whatever other ones And we also have the opportunity to receive that encouragement from our Lord as as to what it means for us to have a heart for God. Not a heart set on things, which affects not only how we think, but also how we act. You've maybe seen this in your own life, maybe not, maybe you've just seen it in others, but uh, what are people willing to do to have more things? Sometimes they, sometimes we, are willing to lie or to cheat or to steal or to steamroll over people or or to neglect God or family or others. See, when. When our heart is set on things, then things become most important to us. And and really they become the whole uh, entire goal of our life, affecting what we think and what we do. At such times we forget that at their best, things are only temporary. I learned that lesson the hard way with that bike I wanted. Did you want to hear the rest of the story? I, I went in and asked dad and <laughs> he didn't bat an eye. Sure, he said, go ahead. You've got the money. Buy that bike. So I did. It was everything I dreamed it would be. Right up until it got stolen several months after I bought it. Isn't that so often the way it works? Not necessarily that things get stolen, but but when we set our hearts on things, what we're really doing is setting up our hearts to be broken. Not so when we set our hearts on things above, where Jesus is, as Jesus invites us and encourages us to do. Because that affects also how we think and and how we act. And here's one way that it affects how we think. It it calls our attention to our Lord. And to the fact that he set his heart on us. In love and grace and mercy for us. So when we say the words of, of the Apostles' Creed... You know, so often we we, just, we already said that uh, for Blair's baptism. Uh, but so often we just kind of recite the words, don't we? But but maybe the next time we do that, you can think about this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking especially the second article of the creed. We call it that because it's about the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. And we remember that while Jesus was man, or was God... He was not too proud to take on human flesh. And so he was conceived by the Holy Spirit because his heart was set on you. And he didn't insist on remaining in heaven but was willing to come to this dirty, poverty-stricken earth. And, And so he was born of the Virgin Mary because his heart was set on you. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried because his heart was set on you. He descended into hell, rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, all because his heart was set on you. And in love, he invites you to set your heart on him. As you remember his love and his grace for you. And and you let that impact what you think. And how you act. Because having our hearts set on things above does affect how we act. We have quite a contrast in the, in the letter to the Colossians. Part of it's in our epistle lesson and, and the last part is the verse right after. But St. But Paul describes for us actions of those whose hearts are not set on things above. It's quite a list when you look at it. Sexual immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desires, greed. You might see one or two or more on that list, or you say, oh. Or if not on that list, Paul doesn't let us off the hook. There is another list also in Colossians chapter 3. He tells the Christians in Colossae, and he's also talking to us, that, that don't have your mind set on, on things, on earthly things, but, but on things above. So rid yourself of, of anger and rage and malice and slander and obscene talk. I'm sure you can find one or two things on there that, that you want to work on this week. As well as on the next list, this is the one that comes a verse right after uh, the lesson today where Paul lists the kinds of things that, that people whose, whose hearts are, are set on things above look to do. To be filled with and to act out of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And maybe you can find one or two. Don't try to do all five. That's, uh, unless you're, you're way better at this than I am. But pick one or two of them and say, All right, Lord, I want my heart to be set on things above, and I'm going to pick one of these actions, and I'm going to really focus on that and, and work on that in the week to come. And, and as you do that, got one? Here, okay, we're gonna, just going to go back to the title slide. As you do that, ahead to, to Saturday, August 10th is six days from now this Saturday. In our, in our hymnal, in our church calendar, August 10th is a, a commemoration of a saint with whom every St. Lawrence member is familiar at least with his name and maybe also with his story. Can you guess who it is? St. Lawrence, August 10th, 258 A.D. It's on the window over here. Uh, Lawrence, deacon and martyr, was martyred for his faith because, and you'll have to look up the, the rest of the story online, but, but the short version, he was martyred for his faith because his heart was set on things above. And, and so he refused the order to give away things that, that he wanted to save for the poor and the lame. And as a result of his refusal to to give such things to the Roman Emperor, he was martyred, and put to death for his faith. Because his heart was set on things above. Maybe you can think about that uh, this Saturday on, on St. Lawrence Day. And, and maybe every day this week you can think about the one who, who set his heart on you and went to the cross to be your Savior. In his name, amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For your hearts can be set on things above. Amen.